Get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. The F1 schedule is heating up. Will you go with the O, Reliable, and Max Verstappen? Or take your chance with a potential surprise. Download the app in Ontario. Use the QR code you see at the bottom of your screen somewhere. Or head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Welcome to Nailing the Apex, everyone. I'm Tim Haraney. Please head on over to Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and a follow. Same goes with Apple Podcasts as well. Write reviews. It really helps us grow the show. You can follow me on social media at Tim Haraney. Joining me today on a very special day is a very special guest from Haas F1. It's team principal Gunther Steiner. Uh, Gunther, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate you and appreciate your time. How are you doing? Good, thank you, and thanks for having me, and thanks for calling me special, you know? I don't know if that could be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, you know? I hope it's a good thing, yeah. It's a it's a good thing for sure. Are you so whereabouts are you right now? Like you do a lot of travel. Are you on uh, Steiner Steiner Ranch? No, uh, I'm in the office. You know, uh, uh, I, I'm in at Hasef One in Canapolis in North Carolina. Uh, I go back after Barcelona. Obviously, we are on our way to Canada, so it's uh, it's a good stop to be home for a few days or so almost a week uh, without uh, for a week, and then on Tuesday off to Canada. We uh, just finished reading your book. It's it's fantastic. Um, and Steiner Ranch is something that you've mentioned quite often uh, in your book, Surviving to Drive. Whose idea was it to, I guess, come up with the idea of a book? Because they're, they're journal entry, entries, and it's very, uh, it's very fascinating because I've never really read a book like that with journal entries. It's really interesting. Yeah, it, it was one of these stories, like uh, when you think them afterwards, it's a little bit strange how it came together. You know, uh, in my position, you get approached by a uh, few people all the time and you want to do this, you want to do that. And in the end, uh, my job is to be a team principal, but I got approached by uh, by the ghostwriter of the book and uh, said, oh, it would be nice to do a book. Uh, he, he got introduced to me by a, a, a guy I know very well, which shows in the racing business. Uh, you know him as well, Johnny Herbert, you know. So... And uh, because John is a friend, I said, let's have a talk with this guy. And we spoke and I said, I don't want to do a, a autobiography or biography because everybody has done it. And it's uh, just more of the same. And is it exciting? Maybe not. And he said, no, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do like this journal entry with you. He had already a plan in, uh, uh, in his head to do that one. And I was, I was like, let me think a little bit. So. I obviously checked uh, who the guy was uh, and uh, said, no, he's, a, he's pretty good, you know. And then we, we, we discussed a little bit more and then uh, the, the next thing was, uh, how much time will it take for me? Because the thing, I don't, I don't have a time, I don't have time to sit down four hours a week to, to, to but I said, no, I promise you, not more than half an hour each, uh, uh, after each race. race. It was actually less than half an hour we spoke about, but we got on very well. You know, he understood how I'm thinking. And then I invited him to a few races. Uh, he came to three races or test and two races. And we spent some more time there. And everything was very organic. You know, there was never, oh, let's get sit down a day long and you tell me stories. No, when he was at the race, I told him some stories out of my past, but not because he was fishing for them. They just came up, you know, in talk. And then he wrote them. And that is how this book happened. And it was not uh, 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 not a lot of work for my side. Obviously, for him, it was more. But hey, uh, it cannot be good for everybody. Yeah? <laughs> One of the things I, work. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I noticed um, from the book is just how much travel, you know, you have to do. You have the, your factory in, in Banbury, then you're in North Carolina at home as well. And 
you know, you have your shop in Italy. Um, and it was an interesting. We got a question from Twitter from uh, Ty Jagger, and he asks, how do you manage your health while all the traveling done throughout the season? I, I, what I do when I eat, I, I look at what I eat. I'm very careful, and uh, I, I, I never do anything you know, to get the only thing I get tired from is when I work hard, you know, on a race weekend because, uh, uh, you know, it's pretty tough. But otherwise, I, I try to, to rest the right time. J- just look after myself, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I always walk every day. I have some walk. I'm not a big runner, but I walk every day and just try to try, try always and always think about the health. Never forget about it, you know. So it's not like, oh, just it's, it doesn't matter. Oh, I drink a little bit more wine today. No, think about it. I need to work tomorrow. It would be nice to drink more wine, but I cannot. It's the same with eating, you know. Uh, you know, I, I, I look what I'm eating and uh, uh, it's just like always being consci- conscious about your health. That is the most important. And then automatically you behave different. I also listened to the, the audio book as well. So I read the book and listened to the book. Um, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it uh, it feels like... Cause I, so I do a lot of long cycling, uh, bike, bicycling rides. And like it feels like you're actually like with me telling me a story. It, it's it's It was fantastic. Um I guess, you know, why do the audio side of it and, like, how long did it take you to, to do the voiceover for it? Uh, the audio side was actually, a, 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 which took longest, and uh, I didn't expect it being th- th- this difficult. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's just like, it is quite demanding. I mean, I didn't I, I didn't think, and obviously, it, I think it was more demanding for the uh, uh, sound engineer than for me, to listen to me for three days and correct me all the time. It cannot be easy. But anyway, it took me three days. It was three stints of uh, three days, eight hours. And in the evening, you're actually uh, mentally very tired. I mean, okay. it, 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 and I didn't expect it. I never did anything like this before. And part of doing this book and the audio book is also to make the experience, to live it, you know, to see what it takes. And it, uh, it takes a lot of you uh, to do an audio book, you know, and you think, oh, it's just reading. Yeah. But once you start to read a whole book out loud and the mistakes you make and, uh, uh, you know, you have to go back what is written and then you get, you get stuck for me not being uh, 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 English mother tongue on some words of how to pronounce them. And then all of a sudden you get the block. It's quite, it's quite, it was a very new, strange experience. Did you do that in a booth or did you do it at home? Were you able to do, do in that booth, from your room? In a booth, in a booth. In a booth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, with the sound engineer, yeah. Uh, no, it was done. They, they wanted to do it uh, really uh-huh. good, yeah. Um, another thing I, you know, that really, st- that really struck me, like I know team principals are extremely busy, but for yourself, I just noticed just like actually how busy you are, even during a race weekend, let alone like during a normal week with no race weekend, the entire saga with having to let, you know, Nikita go, that was mind blowing. You know, you're dealing with sponsors, promoters, the FIA, the team, engineers, drivers, media, like how do you, how do you do all that multitasking? It's one of these things when you when you get into this job, you normally have done something similar and, and you just get used to it. But uh, I, I don't want to downplay it because it is demanding. I don't want to upplay it as well because, I mean, it's doable, but it is quite demanding. But uh, uh, I think very important is to have relationships in the industry. It makes things a lot better because uh, you know how people will react as well, you know, and what to do and what, you, you know, at least the, what you shouldn't not be doing, you know, because that will just create you, will take you nowhere and, and, and just create you work. I mean, the approach of what you do, everything. But 
On the other side, yeah, it is demanding, but it's also uh, enjoyable. You know, it's you know, there's ten people in the world which can do this job. So yeah. you know, in the end, it is it, it is a privilege to have it. What takes us to another Twitter question from Juan Solo? He asks, "What challenges are different between starting an F1 team and improving as an F1 team? Is it more challenging to start from zero with almost no expectation, or to continue to improve and increase the team's goals?" I think they're both challenging, a little bit different, because uh, first of all, you need to show that you can do it and you have to do it. You know, you need to find the right people which are going to do it with you, uh, and it's quite challenging. But then you get this satisfaction when you get there, when you get your first race, when you build anything up. You get good, uh, always good. Uh, every day is a positive uh, somehow. But once you're running, sometimes uh, you, uh, you're running against a wall for months, you know, without having any little success. And there you have to be persistent, you know, that is the most difficult thing then. So if uh, I would say, I think it's very similar, but if uh, uh, to try to improve it and get better and just keep on going is almost more challenging because you don't, you don't have the little satisfactions like when you are building a team up, you know. Yeah, and you've gone through like a few regulation changes now that since the team has been in Formula One, obviously you had the tiny one heading into 2021, but then we had the big one that heading into 2022. Um, and we look at this season, you know, we look at the Red Bulls obviously pulling away, but as we look at other teams, uh, at least I do anyways, um, the, the cars look a little more difficult to get in. Uh, the right balance and it looks like for some teams it's easy for the car to sort of drop out of that that balance uh, as well am i am i correct in saying that yeah uh, absolutely and uh, it, it happens with us you know we have got some races we are very we are just on it and some races i mean like if you if you just look at our last race in barcelona qualifying was pretty good you know car drivers was happy you go to the race all of a sudden after five laps you're nowhere you know you've got this these highs and these lows and I think we are not the only team and I cannot speak for the other ones but I just can say what I see out there there is quite a few people which are always on this knife edge you know are you in or are you out you know and it's difficult when you try to explain that to people it's like it cannot be this difficult it is what do you think of the uh, what do you think of the new regulations? Like, uh, I mean, I, I like them. I like the cost cap. I like the wind tunnel and the CFD time. And and one of the things I've noticed is the the turnover rate and big updates. And it seems like with this current regulation, you know, teams can claw back performance faster. Uh, I like the new regulations. I yeah. think without the new regulations, Formula One would be in a bad place in the moment. You know, when you have people outspending the other ones by uh, times three, it's just not a, it's not that level playing field. You know, obviously, I mean, you need to respect the teams which generate more money, but basically just buying performance is not the right thing in a sport. Uh, 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 I think the new the technical regulations, they are also good. Uh, the, the cars, are, uh, as we said before, they are always on the edge, but people is just trying to get over it by upgrading. But the upgrades, they are not bringing a lot. Look at the Ferrari upgrade last weekend. I mean, a completely different car. Uh, I don't think there was a big change. Mercedes, uh, they bought upgrades. They were pretty competitive in Barcelona in the race, but they are very careful in looking forward because they are not sure if it works everywhere. So it, it, it's, it's very... for every, I, I, I wouldn't say for everybody, for sure not for Red Bull. For a lot of people, it's still a mystery how this car works, you know, and, and, and where to get the, the performance. And I'm, I'm saying it since the beginning of the season. 
from race to race, yeah, you've got new challenges and you never know where you are at the moment, you know. Uh, I mean, the, the Alpha Tauri was very good in Barcelona. They were nowhere the races before. So it's, it's very, very weird in the yeah. moment. But in the end, I think it's good for the, for the spectator. There's, there's, uh, I mean, that one of the things I've noticed, uh, with the regulations, I mean, obviously following Formula One since I was like nine years old, but like they, there always seems to, once the teams start getting that convergence and they start getting closer, then there's a regulation change and then it takes a few teams to kind of close that gap again. Should the should the regulation kind of stay a little bit longer than, I don't know, maybe five years? Maybe should it go to like something like 10 where we can get faster or more convergence and make it competitive for a little bit more longer before we have another regulation change? Have you got an easier question? Yeah. <laughs> Never. No, no. It is, I mean, philosophically, you're right, you know, convergence creates uh, more com competition. But then there's a few things. Does it create more interest in the sport? Because you could see it also different. If somebody gets ahead, he stays ahead a long time because he has got that advantage. So are you leveling the playing field or you're giving conver uh, uh, converging the, uh, the field? The other thing is, we need to stay always current with the technologies out there. That for in 26, there is a new regulation coming for the power unit. And by doing that, we need also change the chassis rules because otherwise with the aero rules we have got now, we could not live with 25% uh, less energy in the car and doing the same lap time, you know. So you always, there are always different challenges there. And it's just also staying current. And uh, if you look at a product which is 10 years old, People still interested to look at it? Mm. I don't think so because people always want to, want to have something new, you know, even, even if it's nothing wrong with the old one, but you need to make it interesting mm. for people to watch F1, you know, and if you just do more of the same, people say, oh, why would I watch this? I saw the same scenario two, three years ago. I want something new and it gives something to talk about. And on the other side, it keeps all of us employed. That's a good benefit as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a bit about your drivers, um, Nico Hulkenberg in particular. Did, did you expect him to, to get off to the start that he's gotten off to? I mean, he he hasn't really been in a car in like three years, but he 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 looks like he was shot out of a cannon at the start of the season, especially in qualifying. His performances have been spectacular. I mean, not to say that Kevin hasn't, um, but you know, N Nico to me has really stood out. Like, did you expect this level of performance this quickly from him? No, I, I hope for, but, uh, you know, you can't expect, but I, yeah. because th that was last year. It took us a little bit longer to decide for him because he was not in a full-time ride uh, for, for three years, you know. So it was like, can he come back? How long does it take it to come back, you know? But then you look at other people which were away from the from F1 and came back and were pretty strong. So he decided to, get, uh, decided to, decided to sign him. But uh, how he came back, it surprised me a little bit, how quick he was on the ball. But then on the other side, uh, 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 to keep it a little bit positive, is like if he came back and this is not his best, he can get even better. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, anyway, that's what I hope. But uh, no, uh, that, that, that was jokingly said, you know. So yeah. uh, no, I, I was quite surprised how quick he was in it, but also how he, how mentally he wanted to be back. That was also, I mean, does it surprise me? Maybe not. But does it really happen? Yes, it really did happen. You know, mentally, he wanted to be back, you know, because that is always the biggest thing. Do you really want to come back to a phone? But I mean, you know, drivers, I mean, once you have been in there, you want to come back and he really wanted to come back. And that for going back to your question, I think he, he performed pretty quick uh, or immediately, not pretty quick, immediately when he came back to a phone. 
So I guess you'd be the first team boss that he you you have worked with him. Like so, you'd be the first team boss that Nico's had that spoke his native language. Is that correct? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. Does oh, that... I don't know at Sauber. I don't know who was in charge because he drove for Sauber one year, and I think I think Peter Sauber was still in charge there. I think. Does Does that make things? easier like speaking native language or is it still like all english all the time kind of no we speak german but it doesn't uh, 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 you know it doesn't make any difference i mean we could uh no difference there all right we got uh, one more question for me and then we got a couple listener questions and we'll we'll get you out of here um is there there's there had been a ton of speculation about the alfa romeo haas thing and you had squashed all of that last week um but is it something that you'd listen to if if they were to come to you Absolutely. I mean, uh, first of all, I listen to uh, uh, serious and professional people all the time, you know, and, and it's sometimes you speak with 10 people and only one thing happened, but it means you, you speak with everybody, you know, and uh, uh, it's always an honor to, to have the CEO of Alfa Romeo coming to see you to introduce himself, you know, so that is how it happened. And obviously, he didn't come without reason. They are looking what they want to do in the future uh, uh, after the Sauber, uh, after the Sauber thing. So I, I listened to him and it was a good talk but i don't know what they want to do so uh but uh you, you know obviously we listen to a lot of people twitter question from john r how has life changed since his celebrity star power grew after the success of drive to survive so um we were staying at the same hotel as the haas team was when we were in miami for uh the grand prix just a few weeks ago and uh you came out with your family and you were trying to get to your uh suv and you'd gotten mobbed by a ton of ton of people to get your uh, picture taken with them you know so how how is your uh, uh how has this changed your life this 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 sort of celebrity status you've reached my life has changed that I'm uh, more busy, you know, taking pictures and signing <laughs> autographs, but has it changed me as a person? No, uh, I don't want to change and I don't, I don't feel the need. I'm getting too old to change now, you know, so, uh, uh, but no, uh, it's, you know, I always say that, that we, we are here because of the fans. You know, and if they want something back, we, we need to give back a, a little bit at least. You know, we cannot get all of a sudden arrogant and say no. And uh, obviously, sometimes you have to say no, because if I have to go to a meeting or I have to go to a press conference or an FIA press conference and I'm fined uh, uh, if I come late, I get fined when I don't come late just because I say something, you know. So uh, I need to be careful there. And then I say no. But normally I'm, I'm quite open to, to fans uh, or very open to fans because I, I respect them. You know, we are here because of them yeah uh from parth lad this actually is a i like this question what what is it like working what was it like working with colin mccray and carlos Sainz senior i mean colin mccray was uh, uh i mean we got we got to be friends uh, at the time you know and difficult difficult character but uh uh you know, when you knew, knew him, you know why he didn't, he had so much talent, the guy, yeah. you know, the guy didn't need to work hard. I mean, his talent was like, I, 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 I mean, I've never seen anybody with a talent like him. Carlos Sainz, I'm still a friend with, you know, I actually spoke with him on Sunday, Carlos Sainz Sr. Yeah. He called me up after the race on Sunday, you know, we speak all the time and he came to see me uh, in Barcelona. Uh, it, it is what I learned from him. Uh, he's the ultimate professional and he still is. I mean, when he goes to the car, the guy prepares, the guy knows everything, the guy just is relentless. And when I worked as a mechanic for him, I don't know which year it was, it was in the 90s, uh, you know, you just look up to these people and say, 
I know why, and you can see why he was successful because he was so professional, put so much time into it and commitment. And I think I learned from both of them. I obviously wish I would have the talent in managing things like Colin McKay had driving cars. He was spectacular. I used to watch WRC like all the time. And uh, yeah, I, him, Colin McCray, Peter Burns, like those guys were, they, all of them just incredible. Um, one more for you and then we'll, we'll, we'll let you go. Uh, from Spencer Van Winters asks, what's the most difficult part about being an F1 director? Oof, what is the most difficult part? Uh, it, it, it's normally managing the team when, when you've got uh, uh, people not agreeing on, on, on things, you know, it's because in the end somebody has to, has to make a decision what to do because you no know, decision uh, uh, is the worst decision, you know, and, and in a team, like in every team, you have got sometimes people disagreeing and trying to find a compromise so you, you, you're not uh, uh, pissing off anybody. Yeah. Gunther, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Really appreciate it. Thanks to the Haas team for setting all this up as well. Uh, yeah, your time's greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Thank you, Anano. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Bye now.